Thanks for joining us on the King Law Podcast, where we give you a lawyer's perspective on anything legal or not. From criminal law, personal injury, and trending legal topics, we're your back pocket legal guide. Are you ready to talk about the dog at the rave? Yeah. The dog at the rave? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's terrible. Okay. Poor dog. All right. So let's do some Reddit questions. Should I introduce you first? Sure. Okay. For any of you that have not seen our last video, Mike Carinante. <laughs> Wait, is that how you say it? I've been Carinante. I've been saying it wrong. You're close I enough. Carinante. That's fine. Karen, okay. Lack of respect. It's all right. If you had an accent, an Italian accent, how would you say it? I don't know. I'm don't not know. Italian. You say Carinante. Yeah, okay. But the inflection, the voice. You can say it however you like. Or as our new client says, Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, I got Michael (laughs) Kennedy the last few days. I'll take it. You look like a Kennedy. You could be a Kennedy. That's a compliment. Pioneer's Port. That's the Kennedy family, I think, right? Okay. You ready? (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So off of Reddit, um, you refresh RZ says, question about a friend bitten by a drug search dog at friend, a rave. A friend. This is for a friend. For. Um, so, my friend was bitten by a drug sniffing dog at a rave on Sunday. Staff did not take her issue seriously and threatened to kick her out when she raised the issue with them. She showed them a photo of the bite and all they did was urge her to not post on social media. Um, what, if anything, can be done about this? Well, First of all, um, I think if I was a dog at a rave, I'd be agitated too. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like so, a drug dog, like right, a police I think, dog. I don't think the analysis would be much different than a normal okay. dog bite case. So um, in New York, dog bites are strict liability, but you have to prove that the dog had a tendency, a violent tendency, and that the owner knew or should have known of that tendency. And if you can, and you prove that the dog attacked a person or even another dog, they could be held liable. So regardless if it was a government-owned animal? I think so. And I think what's interesting is perhaps it's even easier to prove the violent tendency because if you have a law enforcement dog, I guess, it's possible that it was actually trained to bite people. Right. I don't know what Bob thinks what, about that. What do you think? I think he's right on. I think it's a dog's a dog. And whether you're the police or the guy who lives next door, your dog, if your dog is inclined to bite people, you can't have him out biting people. Okay. So you think she could potentially file a suit? Yeah, I think so. All right. I think so, too. Nice. All right. Let's continue to talk about dogs. Um, So if a dog gets injured by another dog at a dog park, who's responsible? So... Recently, a friend's dog uh, was a little rough playing with another dog at a park and jumped. Friend, another friend. Another friend. Everybody's got a friend. (laughs) Uh, Both were off leash at a park that's not an official dog park in New York. Um, It's used by a lot of dog owners. Most of them are off leash. Um, The dog's not the owners. (laughs) Just kidding. the owner of the other dog came back a few days later claiming their dog was injured um, and that they would be going to the vet. And almost a week later, 
Um, they expected all the bills to be covered. Otherwise, um, they were going to call animal services and have them take the dog. I'm just wondering, is there any val- um, is there any like weight to what they want or have threatened? Um, I'm of the opinion that dogs are dogs, and apart from an actual attack, there's going to be an overexcitement and like rough housing aspect. Mm. It's kind of an interesting fact pattern for what we would call assumption of the risk. Mm-hmm. So if you let your dogs play with other dogs, they're going to act like dogs. I think you take, when you're doing the exact same thing, you're assuming some of that's going to happen, in my opinion. Yeah, if they're both agreeing to let the dogs play together, um, I think that makes sense. I, I also think, think it's funny when she says, I'm going to have animal control do something. As far as I know, animal control and the police rarely listen to what you want them to do. So. <laughs> right, right. So, um, but do you think it would make any difference if it was a dog park, like an official dog park? Well, if you're talking, I mean, in terms of letting them play with each other? In terms of there being, being an injury with well, an animal. I think if they, I think the same analysis will apply as to normal dog bite cases. If you had, even if you're at a dog park, like if you had a dog attack another dog and maul it mm-hmm. at a dog park, I don't think that, I don't think that prevents liability. I think it's still a strict liability analysis. You take your fighting dog to the dog park and say, go kill all the other dogs, and he <laughs> does, that's not okay. Like, right. You, no. you can't do that just because you're in a dog park. But also, right. who would you sue in that case the, the owner? owner yeah the owner i think you would be if they could prove a violent tendency the yes, owner would be strictly liable for damages like say mm-hmm. veterinary bills right but also do dogs would, don't have bank accounts that's what you i was gonna say like, <laughs> like i mean you probably, can show them but i don't think they're gonna answer <laughs> right but that's why we take cases where the person has been yeah, gender, we're a personal injury firm. We're, uh, and sometimes there is a little bit of a crossover. I know we just took the case there where the dogs, the dogs, yeah. it was a dog fight, and the person got in between the dogs trying to break them up, then he became injured. So there is some of the vet bill aspect. But, right. But generally speaking. Right, and dogs are property in New York. Right. So you're so going to rarely. So a champion dog who, let's do a different scenario. So I have a purebred champion dog who is in shows and another dog from a a park injures the dog and now cannot show. Now you have a loss of income. Do dogs get income? No, but the owners do and you own the dog. How much? How much? It would be like property damage. Yeah. For whatever one of those dogs is worth. Right. And then the cost of replacing the dog. Right. Right. I think that's fair game. Yeah. Right, but I think it's very rare to be able to get kind of, I guess, punitive damages or emotional distress, right? Right. Because it's just property. Which is so sad because, I mean, pets are family. So. Right, you're legislating. Yeah. New York disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, ooh, I like this. Okay, so recorded calls at work. When speaking to HR or someone in your company, the calls are recorded. Do they have to tell you the call is recorded? No. Mm. No. Not in New York. New York's a one-party state. As long as one party consents, you can record it. We can... And you don't have to tell me. Don't have to tell. Don't have to tell. Mm. But So what's that mean? What's not allowed? 
I can't wiretap a conversation between you and Mike because that you're not a part of. That right. neither one of you knows. Yeah. That, that's that that's person has to be okay. a participant in the conversation. Okay. So you see that in criminal cases all the time. Yeah. You suspect one. somebody's a suspect. You don't have enough evidence to arrest them, or maybe you do, but you want more. So you have a witness or somebody call them up on the phone and try to get them to make some admissions. It's called the controlled call. Happens in criminal right. cases okay, all the time. What about the the move in the movies where they have a van outside and they're <laughs> basically tapping whatever's going right. on in the house? They're not aware of a conversation. But they've probably gotten a search warrant. So yes. they've so had a different. judge say there's probable cause to do this, and they're going to sign. Um, okay. They're going to make it, right an application to right. a Supreme or County Court judge that says there's reasonable cause to believe, as I think that's the standard, that mm -hmm. a crime is being committed or about to be committed. Here's why we believe that. And then the judge gives them authority. And then that's okay. Okay. That um, makes sense. And right. hence why you see so much burner phones. And if you're a really big drug dealers are moving their phones really For fast example. because... <laughs> It takes a certain amount of time to get onto a phone, get onto a phone line, mm -hmm. and if the the theory for those uh, entrepreneurs is if you, <laughs> if you get a new phone, you can uh, you can get a new phone faster than they can go to a judge to get a, gotcha. <laughs> a warrant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what about video? Like, if so, you take a video of me at work, can so you? I think that if you are. If it's the same scenario, you can. If you're recording, you're at work and you're doing an HR conversation, I yeah. think it would be the same, I but there are certain unlawful surveillance laws. Yeah. So generally unlawful surveillance laws, the ones that I know of involve sexual performance. You cannot, that's not a one-party consent. That's a two-party consent. <laughs> right. Okay. Right, um, or any area where you have an expectation of privacy, and it could be an area where you would get undressed. Gotcha. Um, so, like, if you were a celebrity outside and someone was taking a video of you, like, they, that's, that's illegal. Pap paparazzi does it every day. Right. There's, I think the case from law school is New York Times is the yeah. mm -hmm. um, expectation of privacy thing. Right. But if you were, like, a celebrity and you were at your house and mm. you're indoors, that's obviously, like, a private setting. Yeah, so I mean, your living room is a place. Different. Yeah. You have an expectation of privacy mm. in your living room, right? It's a place where you might... Get undressed. That would, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you do in your living room. Yeah, well, but, hey. put a put a uh, put a surveillance video of celebrity's living room and find out. Right? Okay, <laughs> celebrity. Mike thinks he's a celebrity. Yes, I don't think so. But please don't put cameras in my living room. Uh, that's funny. But if you weren't one, could you? I don't think so. I think that. I think it'd be. Like if you want a security, question. So like let's you, say security reasons. Like if I want to put a, a video um, or a camera at my house, do I have to can. tell everyone that comes into my house like, hey, there's a video over here? No, because I don't think you, or I don't think those people here? have an expectation of privacy in your house. Even in the living room? <laughs> well, I think what if you well, had a nanny? I think, I think you. Yes, like don't you I have think, the right to be known that you're recorded? I think that it's probably the best practice to let the nanny know ahead of time. Yeah. Hey, we well, have surveillance hell, video in every room. What the good is the surveillance video of the nanny? The nanny cam's no good if you tell the nanny you got it. Well. True. You know, if she's the, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, I understand, but I think it's probably best to, to let them know. Because if they go in the bedroom and they, 
you know, they wanted to go to the gym after work. Right. And they went in one of the bedrooms and they got naked and put their gym clothes on. Yeah. And now you have a recording of them in one of the bedrooms and you didn't tell them about it. Right. You know, I can just see why. That would be it. But that brings up another. So crimes, generally speaking, with some exceptions, have an intent element. So mm-hmm. if you have surveillance to make sure there's no burglars at your house and some woman gets naked in front of your right. in front of your uh, doorbell, it's not like you... I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they'd be well, prosecuted. <laughs> but I just think maybe best practice, right, gotcha. is just to avoid an uncomfortable situation. Maybe you would. You'd yeah. want to let them know. Okay, so let's iron this out. You have a video in your living room, or I'm sorry, you have a camera in your living room because you want to make sure no one's going to burglarize your house, legal or not legal, to tell anyone that there's a camera there. I don't think you. Legally, have to tell someone if it's in your own house. In your own home, in a general area, so like a bathroom or something where I think a bathroom. Yes, yeah, the bathroom. I mean, I think the bathroom's pretty clear. That's Mm -hmm. a bit. That's a case that happened. I know it happened out in Wayne County, probably fifteen or so years ago. Bathroom at a marina where people had boats and they would Mm -hmm. go in there to get changed, and the owner had a camera. He, oh. he went to prison. But his intent was <laughs> not good. His, his, right. his intent was not to, to uh, prevent burglaries, we'll right. say. Right. Yes. Like someone stealing the soap at the bathroom. Yeah. All right. So these are good ones. <laughs> um, let me see. Um, all right. So chiropractor broke my jaw. I went to see a chiropractor about uh, ongoing tension and clicking and popping in my jaw. He recommended snapping my jaw like those windows were applied and like those windows. I don't know if that's a typo, but basically with um, sudden pressure um, as the patient's jaw opens. So they're going to snap the jaw back into place, essentially. Um, This individual heard the most sickening crunch and crack and pain radiating from the jaw right after. And he grabbed the doctor, grabbed the jaw and pulled it back to the other side and heard another crunch. And then they left and went to the ER and was unable to move their jaw. Turns out the chiropractor literally literally broke my. What is that? How do you say? Something. We'll put it on the screen. Um, Jawbone. Yes, off. And displaced my discs. MRIs and x-rays have confirmed the um, fracture is reduced. And however, they can't afford surgery. And now they want to know what their legal recourse is. Sue their ass. For sure. Yeah. And that's a med mail. Yeah, uh, is a chiropractor a doctor that's yes. ongoing? Right. Uh, yes, yeah. they have a doctor, right? Yeah, not an MD. It's um, a medical facility. There's so. chiropractors that, I mean, Matt Keem Webster Chiropractic, I highly recommend them. He, he's fixed me up a few times. Mm-hmm. But um, some of them, they hurt people sometimes. Right. It's always a little scary when all that popping's going on, but uh, Matt never hurt me. Yeah, you don't go there expecting to get your no. jaw broken. Yeah, that's no. for sure. Correct. Um, but is there an assumption of risk to going to a chiropractor, knowing that there's an element of getting hurt? Right. That's probably in. It's the same analysis in in all kinds of medical cases that we're doing. Right. A bad outcome doesn't necessarily mean malpractice. But I think that fact pattern to me seems iffy. Right. If you're yeah. if you're just blasting somebody's jaw and breaking their jaw, that doesn't seem 
like a risk associated with Agreed. a Cairo. Right. Um, what about a situation where, um, if so a lot of chiropractors that um, do the upper neck and head area, there's a potential when you snap that you're breaking off like like a blood vessel or something and clots could get loosened and then you can have a stroke. So your risk apparently goes up. This is just like what I've heard. Something like that, if you go to a chiropractor and it causes a stroke from a blood clot getting loose or whatever, is that um, I mean, I, potentially I, an issue? Like, how do you prove that, you know? Sure. I mean, I guess if you get your neck popped and you have a stroke five minutes later and the doctor says that's because of what what you did, what the chiropractor did. I've, I've also heard of um, hearing problems from neck adjustments where something to do with the um, cochlear something or other of the uh, of the ear can be affected from the adjustments and can can cause serious hearing loss mm. um, and I think those are good those are cases that should not that that's shouldn't a, that, that they shouldn't happen it's a mistake yeah. by the Cairo I think they're I think they get sued and lose mm-hmm I mean, I love Agreed. going to a good chiropractor, though. You just Never feel been. so much better. Never been to a chiropractor. Oh, my gosh. It's, I, I After that story, enjoy. I don't know. I don't know if I will. Talking well, about blood clots. touch your jaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, leave my jaw where it is. I think it's important to not just go to go. Like, you should, in my opinion, have a reason to go. Yeah, and, I, and just given the nature of what we do, um, I've talked to Matt a, a bunch about you know, people who are in car accidents mm-hmm. and they go to a chiropractor or uh, I had a family member who was going to a chiropractor a bunch and they weren't getting better. Uh, well, chiropractors do a certain thing. They don't necessarily fix broken bones. Mm-hmm. They don't. They, they or the muscle. So or, if the muscle or, is so tense, it they can't really adjust the bones because the muscle just pulls it back. Well, so there has to if, be other If you treatment. have a fractured vertebrae Yeah, that's not uh, going to work. A little massage to your back is not going to heal the fractured <laughs> vertebrae. Or if you have um, in the case of my family member a tumor growing into your spine that's that's cancer and that's not going to be fixed by a chiropractor and if you don't get better after and I think Matt, what I don't want to speak for him but what I remember him saying was if we're not making progress after a month we're going to refer somebody for x-rays, MRIs, that kind right. of thing. Uh, they can't heal everything, nor, nor should they. That's not what you're expecting when you go to a chiropractor. Right. Several people that the phone didn't work, and even a few came in to the cell and picked it up and said, it, it doesn't work, <laughs> and then proceeded to leave me alone there. By the time I was released, there was a Facebook group made where my loved ones were trying to find me. Have you seen my daughter? Um, I was then terminated from my job of eight years after tearfully explaining to them that I could not call um, and I couldn't call anyone. Do I have a right to um, you? I'm sorry. Do I have a right to a phone call even as a prisoner? Yes. In the state of New York, after you are arrested, you have the right to um, not just call an attorney, but also call a family member or a friend and let them know where you are. Um, I think the key point about that, though, and it's um, their situation as well, is that it's after arrest, mm-hmm. right? So under the law, you can't, you don't have that right if it's going to impede an investigation. Um, yeah, you're so, entitled to a phone call, right? 
after you're yeah, arrested. after arrest, right? But if you're, you know, let's take a DWI for example. Mm-hmm. If an officer is conducting an investigation and you're at the scene of a crime, right, you're not under arrest at that point. You don't have a right to have a phone call at that point. But when they book you for the DWI, in her case, after she was arrested, right, that right does attach in New York. And they do have a right to call a family member or a friend and let them know where they are. Or say it's, say it's a murder and you're interrogating, mm-hmm. the, the police are interrogating a suspect. They can't just... Say, I mean, they have the right to an attorney. They have the right to remain silent, but they don't say, "Hey, I want to call my mom in the middle of the uh, interview process." Right, right. <clears throat> or a search warrant. If they're doing a search warrant at your house and you're detained during the search warrant, you know, at that point, you know, the officer doesn't have to let you borrow their phone so you can call mom and and but we, have a conversation. But, okay, mom and an attorney is different because I feel like we've definitely had phone calls where someone is actively getting arrested. Yeah. Well, it, well. You can, maybe the officer lets you call someone on your cell phone. It mm-hmm. doesn't stop you. But that's different than saying that they have, you have the right to. Okay. Um, that doesn't attach until you're under arrest, under okay. the criminal procedure law. Yeah, and so Officer Weech was a, a police officer with Rochester Police Department who, who I knew, who I'm sure you yep. knew. A um, lot of DWIs, did mm-hmm. a lot of DWI arrests. He was a very skilled and um, thorough police officer, and he would regularly let people call lawyers. Um, he, I think he would call from his own phone if he wanted to. Right. And he said, look, I'm, I got the evidence. I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Your lawyer can say whatever they want to say. I, I have right. video or a breath test that shows you were intoxicated, and I'd be happy to share the evidence that I right. have with them. And um, It's right. probably a smart move on his end because it's preserving the case. Like now it's going to be legally sound that he is an attorney present. Well, or the other way. I mean, I, I, defend, I defended a lot of people who were arrested by Officer Weech over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he made the many, many arrests. And I always took it as confidence. I thought he was, you know, he has confidence in the police work that he's doing and the investigation that he's doing. I got nothing to hide. And it, it came across to me, at least, as this is a professional police officer who's doing things by the book, not mm-hmm. someone who's trying to hide uh, behind the behind the cloak of this is I have the right to do as a police officer like I'll share it with you because gotcha. because this person broke the law and I'm just trying to find people who broke the law right right and I think that it's important to note too that um, that doesn't have anything to do with your right to remain silent right so just because at that point you don't have the right to talk to an attorney mm-hmm. or call a family member doesn't mean that you have to speak with the officer you still have the right to remain silent, but the right to an attorney doesn't attach until arrest. Gotcha. If that makes sense. The other weird thing about that comment is, I'm guessing that's not New York. It doesn't say. Oh, the comment here is DC. So this person commented to this and said, you have a constitutional right to call an attorney generally, though I do not know exactly. See, and so something about that's I don't know a constitutional right to call an attorney generally. Yeah. That's well, you not right. you have the yeah. right. There's a, way more nuance than that. You have the right to an attorney, and it doesn't say exactly when, right? Right. You, you have, have the right, right to, to an, due process. I think you have a constitutional right to due process, which is right. But the amendment to the constitution, so. right? And then you know New York has its own laws, the criminal procedure law, and they specifically delineate the right to call an attorney or family member 
after arrest. So, and okay. you have the right to an attorney after arrest. You know, an officer has to review your Miranda rights. Mm-hmm. They have to tell you you have the right to an attorney that if you can't afford one, one can be appointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would happen at arraignment if you couldn't afford one. You um, would think, though, that... If you're in jail for five days, there would have been a point in time that someone would have contacted someone to well, that's say, why I don't think it's hey, your why I don't family think it's member York, is though. here or anything. You know what I mean? In you would New think York, someone would do a missing police, a well, missing report. Well, in New York, you would have been to court within five days. You can't yeah, hold some. You, the, the, so here, if you get picked up on a Saturday, you're going to go to court on a Monday. Not anymore. Depending now, on charge. Now on Sundays, they have in-person, at least in Rochester City Court. Right, but in some places they don't, or they have tap calendars maybe in the outlying areas. But, yeah, but it's lot, not five days. A lot of immediate arraignments. A lot of immediate arraignments here in Monroe County. Immediate arraignments and a lot of appearance tickets if it's mm-hmm. a non-qualifying offense. So, hmm. right. Required release. I mean, I can't even imagine a scenario in this county where you'd be held or even more than a few days without seeing it. I feel like that's like kidnapping almost. <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> that concludes this episode of the King Law Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and check out our socials at King Law Attorneys. And if you've happened to have been injured or charged with a crime, now you know who to call. King Law. Take charge.